lovely listeners of luxury and libation. (laughs) This is the podcast, The Powder Room. We are incredibly rich and intelligent women of style, grace, class. If you're new, welcome. If you're a returning listener. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, thank you. We watch movies and then we go through the plot and comment as we go. And we try to focus on the female gaze, you know, what this movie says about feminism. But because we are watching bombs and movies that aren't that good, I feel like we don't really even get to discuss if the feminist aspects of the film because... It's so bad. There are none, really. But then we can discuss, okay, well, what could have been better? Or did they do this intentionally? I mean, Where are the flaws? (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) We are really... We're no professional. No. You know, we're we're not professional critics here. We're not professional filmmakers, actors, anything. We just have heart. We do have heart. And a spare bedroom (laughs) to make this (laughs) podcast. To make this podcast in. So today we are discussing the 355. This movie had a budget of 40 to 70 million, as listed on Wikipedia. Oy. I don't know why there's such a discrepancy there. Yeah. I don't know. But it only made 27.8 million, so it was a huge box office bomb. There is a reason for that. What is your history with this film, Juliet? I remember at the Cannes Festival, a group of women stormed Cannes, and it was they were bringing 355, the movie, to possible filmmakers, right, and trying to get investors in, involved to bring this female, action-packed movie to the screen. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a stat cast at mm-hmm. the time. This will be really good. I'm super excited. And then, like, years went by, (laughs) (laughs) and I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. And then the trailer came out, and it was just lackluster, Mm -hmm. and I never saw it in theater. I I forget. Do you remember when this came out? Was this a COVID film? I think it came out towards the peak end, but I still wasn't seeing movies in theaters anyway, so I'm sure that hurt it. Yes. I'm sure that hurt it a lot. Um, I just remember seeing the poster and thinking, huh, and then I never heard about it again because there was no word of mouth because it is not worthy. It did come out this past year, 2022. Wow. Yeah. That feels like so long ago. It, well, I and also I feel like it didn't get any press to your yeah. point. Yeah, it didn't. Okay. <laughs> this film, it starts off with, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> God. Okay, so as as I mentioned, uh, my roommate I coerced into watching this with me, and the first ten minutes were truly shocking. <laughs> but we get text on screen. We do get, but hey, justifiably so because we don't know where they are in the world. So okay, at least that's true. At we're one hundred and fifty miles south of Bogota, Colombia. Uh, I was like, why does it matter that we're? X amount of miles south of, you know. Because this is Narcoland. When you see Colombia, you need to know we're dealing with narcos. <laughs> <laughs> Middle of nowhere. Um, but yes, to your point, actually, when I saw the text on screen, I immediately thought. <laughs> it made me so happy. And I was like, I was wow, like, I don't think I can ever look at text on screen again the same way. It's amazing. But again, I thought, I don't know where they are. It looks like, I don't know, you, you could be anywhere in the world. Whereas That's my say, butler's car starting, by the way. <laughs> 
if you could hear that. Sorry to interrupt my butler's leaving for the day. I let him take the day off for the rest of the day. So kind of. I know. You're welcome. I'm I'm sorry about that. I just heard the engine and I thought, oh dear. We're of course in my recording studio above my A-car garage. (laughs) What really does crack me up is later there's an aerial view shot of a city and it's like Paris. Mm -hmm. And you go, well, yeah, there's an Eiffel Tower right there. I just, it's, we don't need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, I was like, are we just trying to be consistent? I don't know. But anyway, to your point, back to the beginning, first 10 minutes, text on screen. The scene happens, a bunch of people are killed. It's always a bad sign when someone enters the screen and they're like, you know, I'm here to kill you. And the guy that is mad chill sitting in a chair is like, well, you can't kill me. And you're like, hmm, I have a feeling you're about to get killed. <laughs> yes. So this, he's this bad boy, Narco, and he's got the cigar. He's got the big mansion in the middle of the lush forest. And we have our British bad boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he arrives. He's a good-looking older guy. You know, yes. I, thought, I thought he was a good-looking older guy. He's a good actor. And he shows up, and the Narco's like, let me introduce you to my son. My son is a tech prodigy. He's made this device, which is going to push us through this movie. And this device can take out radio waves. It can take out planes. It can take out the internet. It's just all in one, just a device. So the son says, I'm the only one that can make this. And our British bad boy promptly pulls out his gun, shoots the son in the head. (laughs) A bizarro fight scene happens. Oh, and the best part, did you notice this? The soldiers that are lying in wait outside that we assume are not working for anyone. They're, I mean, they're working for their government. So they're not on the British bad boy side or the narco side. The, The narco says to our British bad boy, he goes, this isn't a drug deal. This is a tech deal. And then we go to our boys outside and then one guy goes, this doesn't sound like a drug deal. (laughs) No, you wouldn't say. Yeah, okay. So. Thank you for just repeating what was just said. (laughs) We've got a masked man in the soldier group. He takes off his mask and it's Edgar Ramirez. Just... Can He's a very handsome man. Can I just say, <laughs> Romaine, I, we, we forgot his name, oh. so we just started calling him the, the Latin um, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> God, that's brilliant. <laughs> the Latin Mark Ruffalo. And I'm okay with it. And the, and the, so the whole film, we're like, oh, where's Latin Mark Ruffalo? I am okay with that. We end with Edgar Ramirez, our Latin Mark Ruffalo. He has now the device. So we're at CIA headquarters in Langley. We're told that not just because we see CIA headquarters, but there's text on screen. (laughs) And Sebastian Stan, Winter Soldier, Captain America's best friend, also on Gossip Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Look no further than a Sebastian Stan fan right here. I love him. I think he's a great actor. I think he wanted a paycheck, so he took this role. That's fine. (laughs) I also think he wanted to work with friends. Yeah, it's all good. He's there with his boss, and we get some plot points, and then we go into the CIA's dojo, which, honestly, it's not that. Like, I believe that the CIA probably has a dojo training area. I don't think it's that weird that there was, like, a dojo. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I I just thought it was was funny because I was like, oh, we're at the dojo now. But also, I I just thought that this whole sequence seemed so contrived. Yeah. In my opinion, I was like, okay. Do we really need to see Jessica Chastain, like, beat up this guy, make it, you know, showing us that she's so tough? Yeah. I just thought, 
the one good thing I will say about this scene is that the her boss, when he comes in with Sebastian Stan, they watch her fight a, a larger man, and the boss says to her, I see you never get close. And, and she says something along the lines of, if I get close, I get hit. Because as a woman, I, I liked the idea that the fighting was as realistic as a woman could do against a larger man. Because, you know, a lot of these action films, all of a sudden a woman's, like, punching a 300-pound man and he flies back. And I'm like, okay, I I don't think there's anything anti-feminist with saying that most women on this planet need, if they're being attacked by a man, need to fight back in a different way than what a man would fight back with. She's taking him out of the knee. She's hitting joints. She's using his momentum against him. Yep. I still didn't think it was anything great. Just... I want to point out what worked and what didn't because Correct. it's not just a, a straight bash. But um, <laughs> but so so Sebastian walks in and he tells her she fights like she dates. And then she responds, <laughs> you want to talk about dating history? <clears throat> and they're in front of their boss. That's a fireable offense. <laughs> so I'm like, already I'm like. Look, I, we all have fun banter with coworkers that could 100%. sometimes be a little flirtatious, but not in front of the boss. I mean, the boss boss. The boss boss. boss. He tells her she's got a job, and now we're in Paris, France. <laughs> and no time to lose. No time to lose. <laughs> Can we talk about the cheat code of adding food to a scene to make a very boring scene more watchable? Because they're eating Chinese food uh-huh. with chopsticks, and they're just talking plot. You know, what they have to do. And I watched this scene not once, not twice, but thrice. Because never once do we see Sebastian Stan or Jessica eat. They are chewing curd. Like, they're chewing. And they're poking with the chopsticks. And they're lifting the food up and then placing it back (laughs) into the box. It's it's amazing. But we're actually going to get to a scene later that... Yes. Can I just say, I hate eating... In like on on a screen. Why? I just because it always looks so fake. Because they're not eating, or no, for, something else. A combination of things. One, you nailed it partially with the it doesn't look believable because you can tell they're not really eating. Right. Uh, it's the same thing with coffee cups, like to go cups. You can always tell they're empty. <gasps> really? Yeah. Like people just like fling their coffee cups in their hand. Like oh you my! Know? Now I'm never gonna be able. I <laughs> never they, thought of that seriously. And when they set it down. It sounds hollow because there's nothing. <gasps> in I. Now I'm never I'm never gonna be able. Thank you. I, I'm never gonna be able to enjoy a scene with coffee ever again. I ruined it for my family. Now, whenever mm. we watch a Hallmark or there's some Gossip Girl episode or something or Pretty Little Liars, that was the worst offender of this. <gasps> and um, I watched that show. I yeah. never thought about it. They're like, oh my god, it's empty. I go, I know. But so that's one reason why I hate food. But also, I don't want to see people eating on screen. It's just oh. the chewing. I have a problem with. The noise of chewing, too. Like, oh, God, you must hate sitting next to me at work. Oh, no, I can't hear you. Oh, good, but thank God. I'm just saying, you know, it's I so amplified. Like a cow. <laughs> it's so amplified when they're mic'd up. So everything is just times 100. And I just don't ever think it's interesting. I, never, I don't ever think it really adds to the plot unless it's some grotesque character and you're trying to, like, get across some characteristic of them or something. Yeah. But I just had to make that point about food. I think it's a very brave stance, and I'm so thankful for you, Sherry. <laughs> To thank you for sharing. I hate when people eat on screen. It's so gross. Genocide. And then right underneath that, right underneath, people eating on screen. Nothing worse. So we're we're still on this flirty, sexy thing where Sebastian's like. First of all, can I just say it goes from zero to 100? It goes. So, okay. 
Um, this is... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I want to talk about this for a long time. <laughs> I really want us to get into it. Basically, we are led. We're, we are learning that Edgar Ramirez has taken that device. The last time we saw him, he picked up the device at the end of the teaser for this movie. And now we learned that he has that device and he wants it to give it over to the United States in exchange for him and his family's safety. Mm-hmm. So the stakes are incredibly high. And so these two CIA agents are sitting there dabbing their chopsticks at an empty wooden box <laughs> and talking about. And so, then, so he says to her, would you ever consider it? And she's like, huh, committing treason? No. And he goes, no, having a family. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm like a lone wolf. Like she. <laughs> It's so stereotypical. And then he's like, you've never considered it? And she's like, never. And then he goes... She goes, I'm good at this life. Yeah, I'm good. And then he goes, well, guess what our cover is? We're going to pretend that we're newlyweds. And she's like, that's crazy. (laughs) Honestly, my reenacting is better than theirs. Then he goes in for the kiss. And I want to make this clear, because I've been thinking about this a lot since I watched this movie yesterday. If you work at Amazon, if you work at CVS, if you work at our job, and you want to run off with a coworker on company time and have sex, I love it. More power to you. But when a, a man and his young family are relying on you... <laughs> to save him and to save the world as we know it from this crazy tech that can do anything and everything depending on the rules. And you're sitting there and you're like, we've got a big important mission. Let's have sex first. Let's have sex first. This is the first 10 minutes in Mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, is this a joke? Yeah. Or is this a parody? Yes. You know, because I was like, I I couldn't tell. It seemed like it was taking itself way too seriously. But then all of these scenes together, I was like, oh, my God, this must they must be commenting on the role of women in the workforce in some way was offensive. Yes. And also, it's completely understandable if the main character, because Jessica Chastain is the main character. It's a group effort, but she is the main character. Yeah. And it's completely understandable that the main character would have faults that they need to learn from or make big mistakes. But this was just like embarrassing or something. If these are the people we have protecting our country, then... (laughs) So they go to this coffee shop and um, Edgar Ramirez is there and they do a series. They spend the next 45 minutes talking to him saying code lines such as order the eggs but don't put salt on them. <laughs> and I was like, are these? Are we supposed to know the code names? <laughs> like, I guess they're supposed to say these code lines to each other so that they really know they are who the other says they are. Um, Jessica Chastain goes into the coffee shop and she orders two chocolate croissants and a coffee. And of course, Diane Kruger is working behind the counter. And so Diane Kruger gives her a nice smile, of course, be out in a minute. And as Jessica Chastain leaves to go sit outside with her new husband, Diane gives us the stink eye, we know something's up. This is now the greatest scene I've ever seen in my entire life. And I have it queued up because I actually thought, because I thought you were going to come here today and admit to me that you watched this movie on your phone. <laughs> Which I normally would Which you would, yeah. But you watched it on the big screen. Well, in your house. Yeah, uh, a 42-inch screen. <laughs> naturally, she has her own home theater, as do I. Yeah. 
totally normal. Um, you watched it on a bigger screen with your roommate. Did anything sh- strange come out to you about this scene? You know, it was so chaotic. <laughs> it was. But I was, but also, Diane Kruger's character is chaotic throughout yes. this film. And I have to say, because you said this is one of your favorite. Was this like your favorite scene of the film? Or something? This is the greatest scene of all time. <laughs> of all time. This scene takes a shit on Casablanca's ending scene. <laughs> because I was going to say, there's a moment at, towards the middle end with Diane Kruger that I thought, we need more of this. Okay, I need to jump ahead because I didn't really think about this scene until later on. Later on, we're at an auction. It doesn't matter. We'll get there when we get there. But Diane Kruger and Jessica Chastain have this quick little talk about, well, like, how are we going to get these papers away from this guy? And Jessica says, I remember a few months ago when waitress spilled coffee on me and got away with the bag or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they do kind of a similar thing where Jessica accidentally spills her champagne on this guy and Diane Kruger walks by. And I went back and I thought about this scene. I had to pause the movie. And I thought, why was that so chaotic? And if she dropped the coffee on Jessica, what did she drop? On Sebastian Stan, a grown-ass man that's a CIA-trained assassin that caused it to be so crazy. Exhibit A. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have hooked it up, and I want you to really pay attention. We are going to replay that scene. Yep. And I want you to really look at what happens to Sebastian that causes him to get so... Heated. Heated. Okay. Watch what falls on him. Is it a croissant? (laughs) (laughs) Two stale, two stale chocolate croissants (laughs) fall on this grown-ass man, and he gets up like nuclear waste has just been spilled (laughs) on his dick, swatting away at himself. Like, I've never seen anything like it in my life. He's a grown man. And two stale croissants fall on his shoulder, and he's patting himself down. He's lost his bearings. He's like, let me get the crumbs off. (laughs) The crumbs! The crumbs! Diane Kruger takes the bag, and she's off. Yep. (sighs) Well, and, and following this scene... Again, these, these chase scenes, because Jessica Chastain is then chasing Diane Kruger, and uh, Sebastian Stan is following Mark Ruffalo. Yes, <laughs> Latin Mark Ruffalo, a.k.a. Edgar Ramirez. Yes. And both chase sequences, I was like, is, is this, was this made by students? Or, because, <laughs> or, or have these people never seen an action sequence or a chase sequence because Sebastian Stan and Edgar are running down the middle of a road, like a middle over the cross of a, a bridge. And I just think, why? Why the middle of the road? Like, why are you not on the sidewalk? You're dodging cars for no reason. <laughs> it just, I would never just run in the middle of a road if I was being chased. I just, I, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. M- and meanwhile, then, our girls are in the subway. A Diane Kruger makes this crazy jump in front of a subway train, and the train passes her and barely misses her, yep. cutting off Jessica's shot from... Yep. Shooting. But then as the train is finishing leaving, Diane appears in the window. <laughs> and flips her off. Yeah. And honestly, I have to say, I was like, 
That's so chaotic as hell. That How did she get on it. the train? I don't care. I don't either. She just she's stuck. a badass. She's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but then what's hysterical is she's on the train and she's like, "Yeah, I got it." Mm-hmm. And then she goes through the bag and she be like, <laughs> "She doesn't have she does a device. device, and she just has a shit ton of cash." Diane Kruger, for me, had the most character development. She did. She had daddy issues. She had major daddy issues, and she's seen. Some crazy shit. She has. We learned Sebastian is working with the big British bad boy. We learn that later, though. No, he comes, like, the big British bad boy comes up and goes, did you get my device? And Sebastian has to say no. Right, right, right. And that's where... That's, I think that's right. Or do we... We, the audience, learn. Our girls yes, don't. No. correct. Uh, sorry, okay. So the audience, this is where us, the audience, learns that our Sebastian is a bad boy. Penelope Cruz shows up. Did we need her character in the film? I don't know. She, (laughs) I don't know. She's there. Lupita, I think she, what is it? Nyanga. Nyanga. God, she is very beautiful. She's, first of all. She's got such an energy. She appears and all I can think is, thank God. Yeah, just a little fresh air. Yeah. Although really quickly it dies down because then we've got a big kind of chase fight, gunfight scene in a fish processing plant and they they have this great actress like Lupita and she's just kind of walking around looking confused and dazed which I guess that makes sense I guess maybe in the sense that later on we learned she had a bad outing in the field and so maybe that's why she kind of was and she's more on the tech side I don't think she's really a fighter yeah yeah I mean physical fighter I mean this is around the time where I I, all of a sudden I just like kind of had that like and I wrote in my notes why is this called the 355 oh my god I wondered that the entire time and so I looked it up and it's like uh I had to look it up just because I've got Google on my phone. I'm not going to suffer. <laughs> and I was like, it's like about what they call a female spy in World War II or something like that. And I was like, okay. There's a big meeting with all the girls. And um, well, right? wait, after, after the fishing thing, after the fishing market, Edgar dies. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> he dies. And it's super tragic for Penelope. Um, oh my gosh, right? She's so devastated. She's so distraught. And rightfully so. I mean, she just saw... I mean, she's a therapist in the film, you know, who essentially helps agents through the various traumas that they experience. And so she's not equipped for handling the field in this way. Right. At all. And as she says repeatedly, she is just a normal person. She says that so much. <laughs> so many times. Then Diane Kruger is psycho and like her and Jessica Chastain have a fight and... Lupita is off on her own, mm-hmm. and eventually Diane Kruger kidnaps Penelope, brings her to what she calls a safe house, which we all know it's not. And thankfully, there was a tracker on the device that Penelope has in her possession, which okay. allows Lupita and Jessica Chastain to track them down okay. in this safe house. And that's where we get to them all plotting what they need to do <sighs> next. Wow. That... A for effort. Look at you. God, I am sweating. <laughs> you are paying attention. Well, you just... I was like, wait, wait, wait. There's a reason we're here. I was like, wait, we can't... Edgar died. Okay, it was traumatic. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry that he's dead, but now we're in the bar. <laughs> and we are meant to believe that they're talking about how they lost their virginity. But what they're really talking about is their first kill. Yes. Ugh. Which I was like, that's so... no, That's so just gross to me. It was gross, but also I just thought there's more fun ways... That you can go about discuss. Well, I will say the whole time I've just thought I was predicting lines throughout <sighs> the film, 
And for you know, I've never seen the film, but it just goes to show how unoriginal the screenplay was. Yeah, yeah. Diane tells us she killed a man at 13 years old, and then she turned in her father for being a KGB officer. Yeah. So every so often, when I'm watching a movie, especially one that's as bad as this, not to spoil my overall review, <laughs> but there's always a line in the movie, and I I would bet money, even though I couldn't tell you if that's true or not, that line was something that the people used it to sell the movie to producers. Like, this is what the movie is. And I believe it's Lupita that says, James Bond never had to deal with real life. And there is definitely, because like, they're, they have boyfriends, they have kids, they have daddy issues, they have a crazy ex-boyfriend that they've, I, I don't know, there was something about this. It was like, they're all like James Bond, mm-hmm. but they also have to take out the trash and change the diapers, and they have the boyfriends. And, yeah, James Bond had it so easy. And then they, this other girl goes, yeah, but James Bond always ended up alone. And I was like, no, he didn't. He always ended up with the Bond girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe either she ended up being killed. Yeah. Or he was like, meh, that was yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is like the female James Bond version but she's got real life stuff too that she has to deal with right as a selling point that was always the criticism with bond right oh where's the human side of him which i think daniel craig really pushed the envelope oh yeah for you know, sure with, with his bond portrayal but it was trying too hard yeah you know yeah the other we got it was unbelievable there were so many casualties i know <laughs> i just thought you guys aren't that good at your job. I mean, they want this to be more realistic. Like, hey, these women, they are real people. They're Mm -hmm. going through real life issues Mm -hmm. while also being badass at their jobs and having these high stake jobs. But at the same time, it was not believable. Mm -hmm. Like all of their missions seemed so far-fetched. And I was like, you know what? At least with Bond, they didn't try to humanize them too much. And you knew there was a fantasy element. Yes. So, But this tried, I think, so hard to ground it in realism. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't work because the outcome of the missions were always way more catastrophic than they needed to be. It also feels like... There was no point to half of the stuff that they did. Correct. Like, we even get to a point when Fan Bingbing comes in, we're going to learn that they, the first 45 or hour and a half of the film didn't need to happen because she had the tech all along or something. Yeah. She so, comes in at the 11th hour. Yeah, she's like, I'm here, what up? Oh, 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 we glossed over it, but Jessica was told that Sebastian was dead and that their boss saw the body. So that's what she believes right now. Correct. Okay. We're at this auction gala, and these things are always just, uh, it's an excuse to let our girls show up in beautiful dresses. How amazing did Diane Kruger's boobs look in her red jumpsuit? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, and then, Did I you notice say, that? Yes, but also, <laughs> can I just say, Diane Kruger in this film was MVP for me. Mm-hmm. Just always brought that chaotic energy that I thought was believable for someone who's unhinged. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she really was always in it for herself until, I think, the very end. I don't think she has anything to be embarrassed about. She got her paycheck, and it's not, what could she have done? I mean... No, I think she she did what she was supposed to do. Yeah. Jessica Chastain gets pulled by the arm, and she's pulled back, Oh, can I just say, Jessica Chastain here looks like her Molly's Game self. (gasps) I didn't even think of that. The long brown hair, the green dress. I was like, oh, hello, Molly's Game, Molly Bloom. Oh, my God. That's so good. 
She knows it's a good look on her. No, she does. It's, it's all good. And you know me. I love <clears throat> Molly's games. Yeah. So for me, I'm always trying to make a connection. <laughs> Sebastian Stan is alive. And she learns that he is alive and that he's a traitor in the same scene. It's a really uncomfortable scene to watch. And also the movie ends here for me. I really had to. I turned it I, I, I turned it off to go walk to the 7-Eleven. I turned it I, I watched I came back, I watched a few more minutes and then I like went and got some food and I had to watch the rest of this movie this morning and then you were running a little late today. <laughs> And I thought, thank God, because <laughs> and I got through it. I did start fast-forwarding it, and then I felt like, oh, maybe I'm missing something. So I kind of went back a little bit, too. I appreciate your honesty. I, I, I'm sorry. It just, this is, it became really it, tough to it, watch. It, it was really, and this is where I blame the writing, Whew. 100%. Because these are all phenomenal actors in their own right. This script is a crime against humanity. But I don't know how this film got made. I don't know either. I and don't I kind of know. wonder, do the actors, everyone involved, they read the same script. I'm curious if they just thought it read better. I don't because know. Because I feel like, I, yeah, it was just really, it was, it was horrible. There are a lot of scenes in this movie, especially with Jessica's character, where she pulls a gun on someone, but she can't fire. There's a lot of drawing their guns on people and having intense scenes. And it's so stupid. Like, just someone fire. It's like just Well, they, they made a uh, joke about that. Where, they did? Yeah. So, because remember, we, gl- we glossed over this okay. when you were like, uh, they, they go to the safe house and Diane Kruger and Jessica Chastain's character. Oh, they draw the guns. They, have, they yeah. draw the guns. And finally, Lupita's character's like, shoot each other. Yeah, I know. I, I remember that. That was good. But it just keeps happening. But that I kind of thought it was, again, it. a joke. Yeah. But then it keeps happening. And Jessica goes up to Sebastian Stan and just claims, I'm going to run away with you. She gives him a kiss only to grab his gun. This man is literally the worst <laughs> CIA agent ever. We, again, we, we kind of skipped over after the auction, Sebastian's <laughs> character. <laughs> I can't believe this. How, what is this, our sixth or fifth podcast? And you are just, like, fact-checking me on plot. I think you're forgetting that the C4 was placed under the... Like, what? I don't, it doesn't matter. But I really think we need to go back and discuss this. Ad nauseum, ad infinitum. And also, because like, it's coming from a place... A pure shock of how you're like, oh, but the, the mic was in the pencil, and she was wearing the special sunglasses with the the, the camera. No, so no, I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's usually you're like, can we just like? I think we've got a lot here. Can we move forward? What is it about this film where you're like, oh, hold on, Yvette. Let me just. Did we just? We, we forgot to talk about this this twenty minute safe cracking scene <laughs> where the girls talked about their how their mothers died or something. Because this film is so chaotic, and I feel like if you blink, you miss something, and it just adds to the madness. And, and you just kind of wonder through with each scene as it progresses. You wonder how did we get here, or why are we here? Yeah. And like, what is the purpose? What is everyone's motivation? I, half the time. Those are all unknowns. I don't know why I can't. <laughs> no, I love it. Let me just tell you this. This is a little uh, getting to know Yvette story. <laughs> I love it. It's our favorite segment. So I have this problem when I'm into something and you no, know. No, it is a problem. <laughs> you know, you sit next to me at work. When I'm interested in a subject, I am fucking annoying about it. And then when I get over it, 
it's like dead to me. Like I never, (laughs) I'm so over it. And that, that same thing happens. Okay. So the SATs. I signed up. This is a throwback. This is a throwback. (laughs) But this is like the most stunning, uh, jarring example. Because I don't think I'm the smartest kid in the room, but I think um, I like to read. I like to watch. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not the smartest kid, but I'm not an absolute idiot. And I always have cared about my grades, and I like getting A's, and I would get my B's in science and math and stuff like that. Because I'm a woman, you know. So there's that. I mean, so those are basically A's in my book, you know. <laughs> they but weighed them. <laughs> I signed up for SAT prep courses, and then I signed, I did some other stuff. I bought all the books. I was studying. I was going to the prep classes, and I signed up to take the SATs three times. Okay. Because that was the thing. You take it once, you take it again, and there might be a chance where just something, like this is what they tell you in the prep course. Take Sign up three dates. The first day... You show up, that's your mulligan. You take it, you don't worry, it's low stress, we're getting your base score. The second time you show up and you really go for it. And the third time is the safety, but you still go for it. But also, you could get sick on your first time and have to miss it. There could be an act of God, car accident or something like that. So having those three signups. I take practice tests, I'm doing these prep courses, and I'm getting like, I got like a 1300 on one of the practice tests that they put through the little computer in the back of the class. And... Mind you, I never took the SAT, so I these numbers, I have no idea. Okay, 1,600 is the best. Okay. And you get like 800 just for signing your name on it because you start with 800, so you can Got lose it. points and stuff like that. I, and I, you're right. This shows my age, too. I'm a little bit older. <laughs> no, I just didn't. The schools I applied to just were like, oh, yeah, ACT. It was more popular where I was from to take the ACT. Uh, understood. Okay, yeah. so... California was SAT, especially a couple of right. years ago <laughs> when I was applying for colleges yeah. just a couple of years ago. And so I go and I'm like into it, you know, mm-hmm. You're, and I think another thing that I really loved about it was you fill in little dots. Yes. And I love filling a little dot, like <laughs> I'm into it. So I went and I took the first test and I, halfway through the test, it was like that switch, it, the, just the event switch of I don't care about this anymore. And it is an important, especially when I was applying, it was a really important grade Mm -hmm. to get into college. And I've always, I always wanted to go to college. I did go to college. I did graduate, but um, no judgment to whatever other people's life choices are. But that was something that I wanted, not just my parents. Like I wanted that, but I can't fight that. Like, boom, like I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that with a relationship happen too once where I was dating this guy for like two years. And after we broke up, a friend of mine was like, oh my gosh, do you want me to come over? And I was like, nah, <laughs> like just like, boom, you know, it just yeah. turns off. I got such a low score on the first one to the point where I lied about it throughout the rest of my life. I lied about my score. I told people that I got a 1250. I got an 1190. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I the second day, the day before the second test to go take it, because but also my parents super supportive, but they did not. They didn't really they, they, know about all this. They stuff. didn't. They, this was my thing. I I wasn't. I didn't have my mom standing over me going, "You have to go again," or like right. not. And I actually think that's a positive thing because this is my life, and you know, I yeah. They but they, and I remember the the day before my second test, I was like, Phew. <laughs> and I had already. I, well, and by the way, paid for it, meaning daddy paid for it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> This is high school. And I was like, the reason why we're going so long into this is I never showed up for the second nor the third test. Oh, my God. Because I was so effing over it. Over it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this movie 
these last two pages of notes, you should be thankful. <laughs> yeah, no, I it was like pulling teeth. It was that bad. It was that bad. I, can, I couldn't tell you what happens, really. <laughs> I mean, what's crazy is, as you mentioned, after the auction, and they're all outside, and Sebastian, Stan, and Jessica have that moment where then she takes the gun. I also felt like, hmm, the film ends here, yeah. mentally speaking. By the... It's kind of crazy to think that the movie went on yeah. <laughs> and there were more scenes. Like, as you just mentioned, there is a scene where all of the girls get a chance to speak with their loved ones, right? Penelope mm-hmm. Cruz, she speaks to her husband and son. Peter Nyaga, she her character talks to her boyfriend. Because mm-hmm. this is that they're doing the things that James Bond never had to do, right? Right, right. Yeah. These difficult... Maybe there's a reason James Bond didn't have to do them because they're so Well, he was an orphan. (laughs) (laughs) No one cared about him. I was like expecting you bust out with this character development part. Like, I think, yes, you're right. He was an orphan. But also, I think the reason why we never saw him do them because they're just boring. (laughs) he was an orphan. <laughs> I need to know what happened in your childhood that made you resonate so much with this movie that you're like fact checking me on the fucking plot. I'm dead. <laughs> I don't know what's got in here. <laughs> anyway, can we, hold on. I think I'm the crying. movie ends. <laughs> the movie ends, all right? No, and no, no, no. We know. We're going through it. We're gosh, going through darn it. How much longer do we have? <laughs> So we're at that sneak attack. The men are flying through the windows. Yes, yes, yes. There's this whole sequence, right? The guys come through the windows. There's all these shootings. And Penelope Cruz saves the day. How does she save the day? She kills Sebastian Stan as he's about to kill Sebastian's still very much alive. Or she kills the bat bridge? Well, she doesn't kill him, but she shoots him, right? So, So he's not able to shoot... Oh, uh, Jessica Chastain's character. Oh, okay. Because he gets away. He does get away. And then he goes to see the British bad guy, and then he kills him. We're back at the CIA, and Stan is now the boss. And it's wild that it keeps going. It keeps going. And we're supposed to understand that our girls are now the outlaws. Stan has the Stan is now the boss. Yep. And he goes home, and Jessica is there. And again, with this whole horrible banter of like if you didn't want me if you thought i was out there why didn't you get more security and he's like who says i didn't want you to get in here or something like that he offers her a drink and she goes you know i don't like ice and so he puts the ice in his own drink was this ever a thing between them about the ice no i was i was flabbergasted because of course i had been fast forwarding it but i'm going to watch the yeah, no, there was no other scene that the final depicts scene. this which it's bizarre because this is the big trick uh-huh. is that while he's drinking his drink with ice he starts to feel woozy and so it's like this big thing but there was i didn't remember them ever getting having a little cutesy thing about ice okay a little bit more our second installment of today <laughs> <laughs> learning about Yvette. i love white wine with ice cheap white yeah, wine with do. ice <laughs> i would have noticed because also i guess it's a little stereotype but it's like men don't take ice but women do it's kind of i 
think that's kind it's of like the, a more manly drink um, to, to not have, have it without yes yeah. and there's these like very expensive rocks that you can get that you freeze that you can put in a drink so that yes yeah, typical old fashions will be served with a huge block of ice because it takes longer to melt right, so okay. it does not dilute the alcohol Okay. As quickly. But then when, if you're a man's man and you like ice with your drink, which first of all, I don't have, I don't have a problem without any, I'm not saying I'm, like, some guy is not a man because he, but it's just funny. That- well, it's funny with this scene because when she goes, you know, I don't like it with an ice cube and he takes the big ice cube and puts it in his or whatever. Um, it was funny because my roommate and I, because she knows that I like Old fashions, and so I didn't know you liked old fashions, but that makes sense. You talked with such authority. <laughs> okay, so you like old fashions. Do you have the expensive rocks that you put in? My dad does. <gasps> yes. Oh, okay. And so her and I just got a chuckle out of it because mm-hmm. it was like Jessica Chastain. I her character throughout the whole film, I felt like was just trying to prove how masculine or how alpha she was. Yeah. And I was just like, you don't. You don't need to try that hard. It just, it felt so contrived. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is so bad. And then they have this banter, as you said, about the ice. And I'm like, okay, we don't care because we never had a comment about ice before in a drink. But and this is the big twist and how she gets him. It, it would have been interesting if there had been a scene when they were eating the Chinese food or if they when they were at the cafe. Maybe there could have been a sequence where he gets a drink with ice and she makes a comment. But there's nothing, right? You know what I think? Oh, my God. I think it got cut. Some some reference to yeah. the to and the then ice. they just were like fuck it and just like just keep moving. Yeah, we can't fix it and we can't fix ADR, it. You know? Yeah, it just something got away from them. I bet you, or it's just the dumbest script of all time because mm. this is supposed to be like a tricky thing, and the idea being that we would have it set up so that when she got there right after he went for work, she started or she brought these special ice cubes with this. It's not poison to kill. It's poison just to incapacitate him until the people come in to arrest him or something like that. Yeah, like he can't do anything. And I would notice if someone ordered a drink, especially a man ordered a drink, it's like, get a, can I get a couple cu- ice cubes with that? Hey, do you want... I, I look the same thing, but I don't want ice. I would have noticed that because I love ice so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this movie threatens us with a sequel. They threaten us with a sequel. I hate that so much. I was like, <laughs> please don't. Please, please don't. don't. First of all, no one will see it. No, they're not going to make it, but they definitely thought this had sequel potential because they threaten us with a sequel because she says, and you're going to be sent to a prison far away, which always sets up this idea that we're the first part he'll of the next movie. He'll break and- out. And then they all, all, as all the girls are leaving, they're like, till next time or, you know, this or that. And I was just like, do not threaten me. <laughs> with Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, you know, and we kind of talked a little bit about it when we were joking around and opening up the podcast about how the point of this podcast when we first started talking about doing one was we wanted to talk about some feminist elements and how if a movie got those elements right or if we disagreed or whatever, but we never really end up talking about them because the movie doesn't even... And I think it was... You know? Well, and yeah, and we also thought... I lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> well, you're a woman. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Which is so funny because you did lose your train of thought with specific plot points. 
throughout the previous episodes where Yvette has to carry, literally but carry the podcast in forward. This one, I'm just trying to get through this so we can all go home to our families and you're just sitting there. Oh, but wait. And then they did this and then this and this. I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Please be quiet. We don't care. Um, no, but I just thought we also wanted to comment on if there were feministic elements added to the film, would it have improved it? Or, like, was it missing a female point of view or whatever? Um, oh, that's actually really cool. I, That's really, really cool. And we should try to do that because I, ne- I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I, that's really cool. Like, what could have made this film have a little bit more of a female voice or anything and like that? And could that have saved the film, right? <laughs> what could have saved this film is if every single character had been replaced <laughs> by a man. <laughs> Because at least then I wouldn't have hanged my head so low. <laughs> my whole thing is not to say women can't do action films because that is not no. The Angelina case. Jolie is the queen of action films. She's so good. She's Every- so good. Um, and yes, Viola on- Davis. I mean, oh yeah. You know, th- there's so many fantastic female-driven, mm-hmm. action-packed films. Well, not so many, but there is a good chunk. That, that's what I meant. Yeah, there, yeah. No, I, got, I, hear you, I hear it. I hear it. And they, they represent themselves well. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. almost think that this is also a commentary to how women are treated historically in action films, like what they do to the men in this film? I mean, Sebastian Stan, no character development. He's just like this evil entity. She's his best friend that she doesn't Like seducer, want. right? Yeah. And then you have... Mark Ruffalo, Latino Mark Ruffalo, Edgar. Edgar. <laughs> he dies real quick. Yeah. All the guys in the first scene die real yes. quick. It's just British bad boy dead by the end. D- Boss man dead by dead in the middle. I think he gets killed by fan in the middle. Yes, yes, he does. I feel like they just threw away the male characters as soon as they could no longer serve the plot in any yeah. way. And I feel like that's <clears throat> what happens with female characters. Okay, I agree. I agree. I thought maybe that was them commenting on that. But I honestly thought the first 10 minutes, this is a parody. Oh, that's so funny. Just, uh, it was so poorly written that I thought, this has got to be a joke. How did you and your roommate get through it? Was it the fact that you guys were both there for emotional support that made it easier? Here's the thing. I really couldn't keep Muster watching. through it. What helped was we had ordered food. Okay. And so we were eating food while we were watching, like, you know, the first, whatever, 20, 30 minutes. Sure. But then I did notice... By the middle, my roommate was on her phone. <laughs> you know, gl- glancing every once in a while to some explosion. <laughs> and, uh, or Diane Kruger making a face, you know. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, it didn't capture our attention at all. And we didn't care about any of the characters. So when the movie ended, we were like, eh. And we both yeah. said right when it ended, never watch that again. <laughs> okay. You and I have a rating system. We do. It's unlike anything else. That has ever been... That's ever been done. Yes. Four stars to zero stars. And we also have... It's not fair, but I always force you to give me your score. There's a few reasons for this. One, I force you to put down your score so that I can take a little bit more time. And then two, so I can react to your score and judge you before (laughs) I give my score. And then make me feel horrible. Uh, Yeah. And will we ever change it? No. No. Do we... Is this toxic <laughs> behavior, you know, something that is not going to change? Yes. I think it also comes from the fact that I just always want to order something else that somebody <laughs> had. Like, like, like say, let's say you're like, oh, this film is uh, 
four stars. And I, I, damn well best. Like, even though I thought I was going to give four stars, I now can't. <laughs> okay. Even though I can. But I have to be original and unique. So. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to copy because that is the most greatest form of flattery yes. that there is. And you don't yeah. flatter anyone. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Juliet. Yeah. What is your rating for the three? Five, five. Zero to four stars. You know what's funny? I thought about this rating system <laughs> throughout <laughs> this conversation, and I kept thinking, what am I going to give this? Yeah. Um, I honestly think one star. Okay. And I would normally give it zero. Okay. But the reason I'm giving it one star is because I really like all of the actors oh, yeah, and yeah, actresses yeah. that are in this, and I think if you are a fan of everyone in this... It could be a film that slips under the radar that you might want to check out. It's a one star because I, I like all of the actors individually. Diane Kruger is a standout in this for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she stole the show and same with Lapita. Although I, I would say Lapita's character got less screen time. And yeah. I think overall you can tell that they enjoyed making it. Yeah, I mean, sure. They got to go to a lot of places inside seat for free. Yeah, exactly. They got that. to you know play with their friends. This didn't offend me in the way that Mother did. Mother, like, offended me and gave me a headache. Uh, This was just boring. I'm going to give it a half star. Nothing too dramatic. The reason I'm giving it a half star is because of the most amazing scene that's ever been filmed, which is where we watch a grown-ass man react so violently to two stale scones falling on his person. God, I just hope he doesn't have kids and the kids accidentally (laughs) throw up on him or something. Looking back, too, we know that he is this really big bad guy. He's got the British bad guy breathing down his neck. He does end up getting beat up because he doesn't have the device. The consequences for him not getting this device or failing the mission if he was just a CAA agent, it would not be a great thing on his career. C- excuse me, excuse me, CIA, CAA agent. You know, the, it wouldn't be great for his career, but no one would beat him brutally or anything like that. But the stakes are so much higher. And the as far as we are led to believe, the backpack that's sitting one foot away from him is right there with this device, which is going to give him a lot of money and if he doesn't get it he's gonna have big consequences which we see he comes in with his face all beat up and everything like that and he loses sight of the bag because two croissants from half a foot away fall on him and i think only one really makes contact yeah yeah one on the plate and definitely he makes contact he stands it. up and swipes away at he his raises shirt. hell jessica chastain still you're a trained CIA agent. Hot coffee's poured on you. Not fun. I. It still doesn't make her look like a great agent that she loses such side of the bag in her mission because yeah. of hot coffee being I'm, thrown on her. You're a grown-ass woman. But I'm also, you guys are trained, I'm assuming, to be poised or at least adaptable in situations. This movie takes itself so seriously. We're in the dojo. We're watching them train, and they can't handle a, a slight little mix-up in there. Because first of all, they don't know in that moment that Diane Kruger's character is also an agent for her own country, Germany. Yeah. And so this could be just some regular waitress who made a mistake and you're going to, you know, flip out, flip out, lose sight of the bag and react like you've just had molten lava poured on your head. What I think would have been more compelling rather than them freak out, which seemed Mm -hmm. uncharacteristic, would be if they acted normal. 
Yeah. You know, if they're like, oh, gee, no, it's no big deal. Sorry, I'll get you in. Can, can you grab us another one? Come. And she just grabs the bag and she treats it normal. She's like, yeah, because then they would have never right. suspected that there was something else sinister going on she could have been instead of them looking super bad they still would have looked bad but remember i'm okay with characters making mistakes at the beginning of film because we have to watch them grow learn but then we see what a super spy she is because they're very polite and they go oh my goodness no i spill things on myself all the time it's fine and then she maybe has um some way like you said sleight of hand of like oh let me pick this up and she takes the bag and Puts it, it on her shoulder and then he's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it away. but something else could have happened there. Instead and then of they realize, and what would have been great was then they realized maybe five minutes later when she never returns with their scones and coffee that that's like, not, or she could have, oh, that's good. She could have had the same bag or something placed a bag there or, and they could have been like, that's not the bag or you're absolutely right. And then maybe later they have the flashback. They're like, wait, how did the bags get mixed up? And then they have the, fla- oh my God. The waitress at the co- at the mm-hmm. coffee shop. Wh- who is she? And then they sort of try to figure out who she is, right? Yeah. And I just she's got a t- three minute head start. Yeah. And so it's, they look bad, but they don't look crazy crazy bad. It doesn't also have to be this big backpack. It could have been something smaller. The device was smaller, you know. So she could have sleight of handed something. And also, and- really, we're gonna just throw cash in a backpack and call it a day. But then the other thing that infuriates me is that later on. They bring this up, this exact oh, yeah. event up in the script as if it was so effing brilliant. You know, the old spill something on him because and take it's so original. Of yeah. You know what's crazy though? When when they bring this up again in Jessica Chastain's character, she spills her champagne on that man at the auction, and he was holding papers in his hand. And I don't know about you, but if I was holding something in one of my hands, oh, straight up. I would notice if it was gone the next even if something was spilled on me if anything it's paper so i would be like oh my god i hope that this paper doesn't get anything on it i don't know how important it was it just ended up being the auction item list but why couldn't they just get that from like someone someone else else? (laughs) just this is do you know how we should do this we should go up to that event coordinator and go can i please have the list of auction (laughs) auction it made out like it was so hard to get and then i also thought okay well actually penelope cruz could just do it by flirting with that guy that is hitting oh the british chechnyan warlord (laughs) yeah you know because they were going through ooh, predicting you know what items he might be interested in at the auction yeah and i was like ooh, couldn't she have just looked at the list and been like this item Mm, oh, not your take, you know, that's yeah. not you. <laughs> How funny was it when the girls walk into the auction all looking beautiful? These are some of the most beautiful women in the world, and no one not bats an eye. no one bats an eye or looks twice at them. Because I if those women had walked into an auction I was at, I'd be like, <laughs> oh shit, put me in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I'm going home alone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> your girls got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Diane Kruger looked so beautiful and her boobs looked amazing. First of all, I love that she was in a jumpsuit. I do too. I think bring the jumpsuit back. I mean, and it was red velvet or God, it was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. she stole. She looked so good. But you could good. run in it, you know what I mean, which yeah. was believable. Yes. Her and uh which character? Lupita Nyong'o. And Lupita Nyong'o was also in a suit. Yeah, I love a suit. Me too. A, a classic, pretty. And it was believable that they were in these outfits and they could run. Yes. And I was like, yeah, okay, that works. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. 
<laughs> you know what's crazy is we keep saying it's terrible, but we keep finding things to talk about. That's another reason why I'm staying at Half Star, because I, sh- I got such a laugh out of certain things. I watched some scenes twice just to see how bad it was. I was like, I don't think he ever put those chopsticks in his mouth. I don't think they ever did this. Like, no. I wonder, uh, you know, this or that. So, uh, yeah, it's just Half Star. I also think Lapita, you know, I think in her heart, she probably thought she was in an Oscar-winning film because yeah. she gave a great performance yeah, at she the end. Yeah, she was real fun. You know, she was super emotional when her f- boyfriend dies, and she's like, Wait, does he it? die? He gets killed, yes. Oh, but the kids don't. The kids don't. Okay. Correct. I feel bad about that. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. He dies. Oh. And uh, she has to, and Jessica Chastain is like, you can just go home. Like, it's fine. And she's like, no, 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 I, I have to do this. This is my job. Oh, I'm glad I skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, again, pointing out the fact of, oh, women have just these bigger things to deal with emotionally mm-hmm. than men do, and we just suck it up. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you're really spoon-feeding us that, but not in the best way. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it wouldn't have made me think any higher of the movie if I no. could actually watch that scene because there was just like a lot of crying there was a lot of fighting I was fast forwarding I was stopping I was watching I was like okay Penelope Cruz gave them up because of her kids which I totally understand let's move on okay so now Diane Kruger is like walking outside of a building doing yeah. some sort of blame I don't know let's move on and and now Sebastian Stan's killing the British bad boy and he's back at CIA as the boss CIA yeah. CIA <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would just love for him to go walk into CAA I'm here to here to, I'm here to be in the mail room I'm here to learn I was a CIA officer but now I'm representing talent <laughs> I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty <laughs> who knows they've gotten dirty plenty. Oh, God. <laughs> this whole thing will be I used to uh, fight international crime and now I have to go to like improv shows <laughs> <laughs> Find the next wave of talent. Um, okay. I love talking about movies with you in my palatial palace. Oh, dear. We let it slip that this for this podcast, we were actually recording at my palatial palace because of my butler. We're off brand today. We're not at the penthouse. I'm sorry, listeners. We have <laughs> deceived you. <laughs> this is Yvette. And Juliet. And we're signing off. From the powder room. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, we're such dorms. It's so good. <laughs>